Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to the Daily Buzz Show. You're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. We're with Brother Amjad Ali and we're discussing organ donation today. We've gone through and discussed with yourself, Brother Amjad, in regards to your own um, personal journey uh, through being diagnosed with chronic kidney disease and how you've um, spent the last uh, 20 odd years dealing with this whole situation. What we were discussing before we took the ad break was how people in our communities would probably only dedicate their time, uh, etc., to certain areas if it's actually affected them. How do we change that concept? How do we ask individuals to focus on and give their time and energy um, to, for example, say yourself or others suffering in a similar situation to yourself? It's 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 a challenge. It uh, there is no quick fix to this. Um, one thing I, I would say is that you know when I was diagnosed, you know some thirty odd years ago, there were uh, only a handful of people from Black and Asian minority background um, who were attending the unit where I was being treated. Um, you go to some of the units now, and you tend to find that the percentage of BME, Black, Asian and minority ethnic patients is significantly higher than when it was when I first started. Um, so there's more than a likely chance that um, members of our community will know somebody, either in their immediate family or close friends, that uh, there is somebody who has suffered some kind of organ failure in need of a transplant. So the, the issue is, is now very much something that we need to be talking about, we need to be discussing. I can understand the reason why it's it's considered a taboo when you know nobody wants to talk about um, dying, nobody wants to talk about um, being an organ donor. It's quite an emotive subject. Everyone is entitled to their views. But the fact is, if we consider all of the families and the patients who are waiting, and who are affected by um, organ failure and are in need, then if you ask them the question, they will be talking about it much more openly than you would expect them to be. And, and that's because there's this dire need. Um, for me, it's a case of, you know, I can sit back, I've had a transplant, I can say I'm, I'm okay, um, whilst I know it won't last forever, but for the moment it's something that's benefiting me. But the fact still remains that if I adopt that attitude and say, well, it's all right now, but God forbid it happens to somebody else, then Absolutely. I've done nothing to change that process. So I felt, you know, a, a duty to, to, to try and make a change um, to help people understand. And, and that came about by reaching out to NHS Blood and Transplant almost as an informal conversation just to ask the question, look, I was a patient why is it that it took so long for me to get a transplant? And, and they gave me the data, they shared that with me quite openly. And when I looked at their strategy for reaching out to the community, it was, for me, quite a scattergun approach. It was almost hit everyone with the same message and hope that something sticks. And standing outside the mosque, handing out leaflets, unfortunately, to be honest, isn't, I felt personally, wasn't the way to go. We needed to provide the education, the understanding, um, set the scene almost. This is the dilemma that the community is facing, that there are increasing number of um, members of our community who are 
in a in a situation where they are having treatment or are on a waiting list for an organ, um, and they're waiting longer than the average because of our ethnicity. And in many cases, many people are dying before they even get the opportunity. So that, I think, wasn't as widely understood as it was before, but we needed to reach out in a way that was there to educate and inform. And one of the things that was quite obvious, and this goes back to my days running the Islamic finance business, was that when Islam is involved, when the, there's a, a principle of Islamic ethics and um, Islamic law, then our community need that validation from our learned scholars to say that what they're doing is, is within the framework of Islamic law. And you can't do that without engaging our learned scholars and imams across the country, because that's who our community turn to. Um, so that's what inspired me to, to look at how do we engage from a top-down approach as well as um, from the grassroots in the community to help spread the message. Inshallah. Uh, you're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. It's the Daily Buzz Show, and we are speaking to Brother Amjad Ali, who is discussing organ donation with us. Now, with your work as an independent management consultant, where you work across a range of private, public, and voluntary sector organizations, your key partnership role is that of a project lead in transplantation in Islam for um, NHSBT. Can you tell us about this role, Brother Well, this is um, um, something that uh, I started back in September 2013 when um, I, I was speaking to my renal consultant after an appointment and just asked him the question around, look, what is, what is it that you know at a local, regional level that we're doing um, to promote organ donation amongst BME communities? And, and in, in all honesty, he said, look, um, I'm probably not the best person to, to speak to, but there, there is a team based in, in Bristol that um, you might be able to have that conversation with. And, and he very generously arranged for me to, to go and see them. And we went in and the, it was a, very much a, a conversation around, just tell me about how do you talk to um, the Muslim community about this subject matter? Why is it um, that we're not having people come forward to become potential organ donors? And, and they explained the, the dilemma and the challenge for them that they've done as much as they felt they possibly can within their degree of understanding, um, but were finding it difficult to engage some of the key influencers and decision makers. So I, I, I took that upon myself and kind of looked at my previous experience of working with the Muslim community. Um, and I put forward a proposal to them, which, which kind of looked at um, things from both an Islamic perspective, i.e. from a, a Sharia perspective, Islamic law, and also from my experience of working with grassroots community um, organizations and, and how they operate and engage. And, and the proposal was very simply around, look, what we need to look at is identify uh, what do we have in place or what is there in place that supports the, the conversation around the validation under Islam. And whilst, uh, you know, having done that research, there, it was established that 
There was a fatwa um, issued by the UK Sharia Council in 1995 and a subsequent fatwa issued in 2000 by the European Council of Fatwa and Research that unfortunately hadn't been cascaded or as widely disseminated across our communities as it was thought. And, and I think that's where we needed to start. So for me, it was a case of how do we engage the scholars, bring them together, raise this issue with them and help them come to a consensus around the permissibility of organ donation in Islam. And, and I can talk to you about the journey that, that we've gone through in that, um, in, in step by step. But, but in essence, uh, what it meant was making sure that we reached out, first of all, to gather the insight with our key community organizations. And from that, we then um, put together a proposal that we shared with the scholars um, to say to them, look, these are the types of questions that are coming through. Where, where do you sit in terms of you know, the permissibility, the harm to the body, the, the need of the patient, um, and the wider context of how organ donation works in the UK? Um, and, and that's where you know, we've come from to the situation where we are now, where we, alhamdulillah, we've managed to secure um, an updated religious edict um, issued by um, a, a scholar based in the UK on organ donation. You're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. We're speaking to Brother Amjad Ali in regards to organ donation. Now, Brother Amjad, we've been discussing um, in regards to having validation from the Muslim community, especially our scholars, um, in discussion with organ donation. Now, I know that currently you're working with Mufti Zubair Bhatt. Can you yeah. give the listeners some background information about Mufti Zubair Bhatt and his work? Well, Mufti Zubair Bhatt is, is, is one of a number of scholars that we've engaged um, since 2013 um, to work with us and, and guide us and support us through this process. Um, but he specifically has, has come forward um, and agreed to, to work with us um, on a one-to-one -one basis, looking at drafting an updated fatwa, a religious edict on organ donation. His background um, is, is, you know, based on the fact that he is a, a, a independent Sharia scholar. He's based up in 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 the north. Um, he's trained under Sheikh Taqi Osmani. Um, he has a background in a chaplaincy service. Um, he also, you know, mashallah, has um, lots of experience around bioethics. Um, he's linked with a number of institutions within the UK um, that talk about um, medical bioethics as well as organ donation and transplantation. Um, and he, you know, for us, was uh, somebody that we felt that we could. Um, go to and ask as an independent scholar um, to, to look at this in more detail and, and carry out a review um, and, and uh, provide us with his um, thoughts and uh, kind of positioning and opinion on organ donation without any influence from either myself or NHS blood and transplant. And alhamdulillah, he's been doing that work since November 2018 and has now concluded by giving us uh, an updated uh, position on organ donation. Alhamdulillah. Uh, to 
to the listeners out there. You're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. We're speaking to Brother, Brother Amjad Ali in regards to organ donation. Brother, you were just talking about your work with Mufti Zabar Bhatt. Um, how do you think Muslims in the UK will react towards a new updated edict? Well, the hope is that it will provide them with um, uh, sufficient information to make an informed decision. Um, as Mufti Zubair has said all along, is that um, an Islamic opinion is, is not um, something that is prescribed upon the community. It's his opinion. It's, it's based on his knowledge, his uh, Islamic jurisprudence in terms of understanding what the faith says about organ donation and transplantation. Uh, and at the end of the day, it, it's our own moral compass that will um, enforce us to or guide us in making our decision. What I would like to say here, I, I think what's absolutely key is for me, right from the outset, is that there's a degree of um, misconception uh, about the whole process of organ donation in, across lots of different communities. Um, there's a degree of mistrust in the process. Um, you know, people have their own views and they're entitled to that. We can't stop that from happening. But I think what we have to look at is in this in the context of the UK framework and how things work um, in terms of transplantation and organ donation in the UK. Um, there's a very rigid regime, there's lots of checks and balances, and the concerns that our community and others have around people being just considered as organ donors and their life being uh, extinguished sooner rather than later, th these are concerns that are there, but we need to help them understand that this is the process and how things work. The Islamic perspective is very much around Islam you know, going back 1400 years at the time of our Prophet, peace be upon him, these topics were not discussed in detail. As you can understand, this is something that um, with science developing that we're now able to do. And there's nothing prescribed, as I've understood it, in the Quran, in the Sunnah, in the Hadith, that talk about specifically organ donation. So we need to rely upon our learned scholars to make those interpretations of the texts and hadith and everything else to, to come to a position on various things. And this is why it was important to turn to our religious um, theological community and seek their guidance and support. In terms of what's being produced, um, Mufti Zubair has provided us with a, an edict that covers living donation, it covers deceased organ donation, um, it also talks about blood, stem cell, and bone marrow donation. And in those, he's given us a, a, a clear indication that, in his view, that's permissible. Mm -hmm. The area where he feels that there needs to be more research and insight um, and understanding is around donation after diagnosis of death using neurological criteria. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that's um, the common understanding is when somebody is declared brainstem dead, where their bodily functions are still um, ongoing with the aid of a machine, an artificial ventilator that keeps the body alive. If that machine were to be turned off, then that 
person would eventually come to their demise. So that's something that Mufti Zubair feels he's unable to um, give up an opinion on at this minute in time. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that very simply is, is based on the physical and metaphysical issue of death mm -hmm. in terms of when does the soul depart the body. Mm -hmm. And because of the fact that the uh, organs are still ticking, still working, mm -hmm. He, in his opinion at this minute in time, has said that in, on that basis, he's unable to say that organ donation where brainstem death is concerned is permissible. But other than that, living and where the person has died, then those are within the realms of what he can say is permissible. You're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. We're discussing organ donation with Brother Amjad Ali. He's the partner and project lead for transplantation in Islam. Now, Brother Amjad, from what we were discussing as well, obviously there's, uh, there's been discussion uh, from, from what I've been reading on this subject, um, on, uh, y you know, for example, as you mentioned, with death uh, and is the person dead? Is there still brain activity, etc.? So it's not something which obviously is just being discussed within the Muslim community, but the non-Muslims have been discussing it since um, the whole uh, subject of transplantation has begun. Now, do you feel that Muslims will become donors now with this new Islamic law, the fatwa, which has become in place? Um. I suppose the, the hope is that people will make, as I say, go back to the point I made earlier about making an informed decision based on what our learned scholars have given them. Uh, on the issue of um, the, the new evidence that's been presented around brain activity, um, in all honesty, Mubina, that's a difficult one for me to answer as I'm not a, a, a clinical expert and, and nor am I a Sharia scholar, but I think um, you know, as an individual speaking just on my own personal viewpoint, you know, these are things that we, we need to take into consideration and, and we need to rely on the evidence that's presented to us. Um, in terms of, you know, where we've got to, um, you know, let's, if we focus on that aspect in terms of defining whether transplantation and the whole process of organ donation is permissible. Um, this is what the purpose of our um, outreach and request to the scholars, and specifically Mufti Zubair, has been about, is that under the knowledge and understanding that we have and the clinical evidence available, um, you know, we are looking for an independent opinion from an Islamic perspective uh, as to whether or not that that would be considered permissible. Now, whilst Mufti Zubair has issued an opinion, um, that's one of many fatwas that exist already around organ donation. And everyone is entitled to their view in terms of whether they feel that that's acceptable to them or not. I think what we have to think about, though, is that putting the religious aspect to one side, the question I think that's important for our community to understand is that if, God forbid, we're in a situation where we need an organ, would we accept one? And then to, to take a view, well, if I need an organ, where is that going to come from? And having uh, looked at the data around the number of 
patients from our community who end up waiting on the list longer than most um, because of the fact that we know through the testing that ethnicity plays a role in, in whether or not you get a kidney sooner rather than later because of matching. You know, if we do nothing, sister, then the risk is that we are going to lose many patients because the fact that these organs are not becoming available. So that's something that I think will will play a role in the decision-making process. If we needed an organ, would we happily accept? Mm -hmm. But then we have to ask the question, where is it going to come from? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, we're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. Uh, we're joined by Brother Amjad Ali. He's the partner and project lead in transplantation in Islam. We've been talking about organ donation. Uh, Brother Amjad, I, I, I know myself personally. I've got a cousin who's been suffering with chronic kidney disease for many, many years. Um, he's also got a sibling who has been suffering with the same uh, disease. Now, he's just recently... Uh, come into a position where he's going into dialysis as well. And I know that obviously there are um, a lot of issues that come from our community in regards to registering, etc., um, to basically donate. In your opinion, what are the major factors and issues um, that occur within our own Muslim community? Why do these individuals not sign up to the register? Well, the insight sessions that I've done, um, in addition to the work that NHS Blood and Transplant have done previously, uh, has reaffirmed um, what we already know. Um, and, and that is simply this, is that um, a lot of our members of our community um, feel that um, anything um, done after um, the demise of an individual to the body is 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 basically dishonouring the body. So, for example, you know the most common thing that you will hear about is um, not just the Muslim community but other faith communities objecting to an autopsy because they feel that that is harming the deceased. So that's point one: is that um, nobody wants a loved one to be um, operated on um, after they've gone. That that's number one. Number two. Um, the, the findings have been around just general mistrust in the process of organ donation, that it's not done in a respectful manner, um, that, you know, it's, it's a case of the body is seen as a, an object and it's, it's mistreated, and that, that is certainly not the case. I've spoken to um, the clinicians who um, carry out the, the retrieval operations, and they've assured me and confirmed to me that the process is done with the utmost respect um, and, and dignity for the, for the deceased. Um, that's been a key point. The other is, as we've talked about already, is the, the religious opinion, is that, um, you know, it's, it's considered that the body should be intact, it should be whole, um, uh, when it's buried, and, and, and that affects the akhirah. And, and that is, again, you know, a view adopted by some, and others will take a different view. In, in terms of, look, uh, I feel sorry for your relatives who, who are going through the process. It's dry. I, I feel their pain. I, I know their journey. And, uh, you know, all I can say to, to you in that regard is that they mustn't give up hope. At the end of the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that, you know, everything comes from Him 
um, and trust in him. And, and that was my kind of um, positioning all the way along. You know, one of the ayats in the Quran that I'm forever reminded by is, is the verse in Surah Rahman, which is repeated some 34 times. You know, and which of the favors of your Lord will be denied. And when I look at the fact that, yes, I was on dialysis, I had numerous blessings in the sense that I, I had a family that was supporting, uh, supportive and loving and would do anything for me. I had friends and uh, family around me who were there to help and, and support me when I needed it. And an employer who was understanding and conscious that, you know, whilst I was suffering with a condition that I had aspiration and desire to succeed. So don't give up hope. That is the only thing I would say um, is, is important. Um, but, you know, everyone looks at things differently. And, you know, we're all individuals and, uh, you know, it, it's it's very difficult. I can, I can just confirm to you that life on dialysis is a life but it is almost just like an existence you don't the quality of life is not great mm -hmm. and it doesn't just affect the patient it affects the whole family dynamic i know from my personal experience the impact it had on my parents the impact that it had on my wife and the impact that it had on my daughter she was born while i was on dialysis she's she knew nothing but me being attached to a machine up until recently um so you know, alhamdulillah, don't give up hope. But at the same time, I think it's incumbent upon all of us, A, to to raise this as a concern and, and for patients who are waiting, not to do what I did, which was suffer in silence. I think many of our people need to tell the story, but not just those waiting. It's also important where families have donated. You know, they're the real heroes in all of this at a time when, you know, they're suffering, they've lost a loved one, they've taken that very brave decision to, to help somebody else. And, and by donating the organs of a loved one, um, you know, they, they can change up to nine people's lives by doing that. And, and just imagine the sadhguru that comes from that, hopefully, inshallah. You're listening to Radio Ramadan on 1530 AM. We're just going to take a short break. We're speaking with Brother Ramjad Ali. Uh, we'll see you shortly. Welcome 